Welcome back, I should say. And uh, we have a uh, special session of our Friday Perashat class, being that the yeshiva now is uh, in midterm mode, and therefore uh, they do not need my services to proctor uh, the tests. It's not in my contract to be a proctor. And therefore, it allows me to come here this morning, as our old custom, to, uh, to say some, some ideas on the perasha. The time is short. And uh, we'll just make a few comments. Comments that we haven't made yet this week, publicly. So, there's so much in the perasha. <clears throat> Let's focus on... On one item, let's go to the burning bush for a second. That's that could be the highlight. So let's start. Yeah, we could turn it on. So that starts over here in Perek uh, Gimal Pasuk Aleph. For Moshe Hayadu Ei Etzon Yitro Hoten Kohen Medyam. So Moshe is doing the shepherding. Vein Haget Etzon Ahara Medbar. So he gets to Hara Elohim to mount, uh, mount, mount God. So he gets a revelation in the snare. As we know that the burning bush was burning, but it wasn't being consumed. Asudana means, uh, I guess, I'll turn. Let me, let me, let me turn away. Rashiya Kadosh, in a very profound uh, statement here, Asudana, Asura Mikan Litkarev Sham. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to say it again because it doesn't sound like uh, there's such a big revelation here. Asurana, so we understand that means I will turn from where I am. <clears throat> and then what's the purpose? Well, that she fills in what the Pasuk doesn't say. The main part of the Pasuk is to tell us that he went to the Sene. That's the main part. I don't care where he came from. Uh, there's two, there's two questions in the Haggadah, Min Jayef and Rayeh. In Haggadah, she'll pass up both those questions are important. I need to know that I came from Mitzrayim and I'm going to Eretz Israel. Uh, over here, the main thing is we need to know is, I don't care where Moshe Rabbeinu actually his coordinates are, the main thing I need to know is that he went to the Seneh. But for some reason, the Pasuk decides to tell us as the main focus, Asurana. And as she says, from where? Mikan. From where he is. And then he has to fill in the blank. Olit Kareb Sham. And then the purpose, of course, is to get to the, uh, to get to the Senir. So although the, 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 the Torah focuses more on the Asurana, let me leave where I am, that she tells us, but of course he has to leave where he is to get to his place. Again, it's... it's Something that I could have done without, I think. But as she obviously is trying to tell us something over here. 
Maybe at the end of the shiur, we'll say a word of Musar that I think Rashi is coming uh, to tell us. But let's first make analysis on the on the sinne. So there's two things that we have to uh, figure out once and for all, and that is why does God appear to Moshe Rabbeinu in a sinne? That's question number one. God could appear in a tree. As a matter of fact, I would expect God to come in a, in a, in a, in a cedar tree because God is great. <clears throat> so why would God come in such a, a low place, <clears throat> which seemingly is not a, 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 you know, a, a, a suitable or respectable place for the Shekhinah to appear? And the question number two, of course, is what is the symbolism in the fact that it's not being consumed. Obviously, there's a message that has to be told over here. Normally, a fire consumes. And over here, this fire doesn't consume. And what's the, what's the Musar? So I guess the first place to go to is Rashi. So Rashi says, Metocha <clears throat> Sene. Go back. Go back to Pasuk Chaf. Obet. Metochasene, what does that she say? Velo ilan. Oh, not a tree. Mishum imuanuchi besara. Oh, because we have an inyan that says imuanuchi besara, that when the Jewish people are in uh, trouble, they're in, uh, uh, going through a difficult time, so Bore Olam commiserates with them. So therefore, is Rashi telling us what the Sene represents? I think so. Uh, the Midrash says that the Sene represents the Jewish people. And the Jewish people were in a low place. And if, well, since the Jewish people were in a low place, like a burning bush, sometimes the Jewish people, like in the times of Shalom HaMelech, they would be represented in a tree, on a high tree. Because that's when we had the Beit HaMikdash, and we had the glory, everybody's uh, you know at peace. But at this time over here, if you wanted to depict B'nai Israel. And you had a, you know, you had any uh, imagery that you could give, and what would image would would give the the proper uh, 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 level that we were on? You look for the lowest item, the bush. Remember when we were young, they joined the bush club. So this is at the bush club. That's the sene, which represents the Jewish people. So since that, she I think is taking that opinion of the midrash, <clears throat> and that she's just adding, and since Bnei Israel were in a low place, so that's where we were. So Bnei Olam meets us at our location. And therefore, B'nai Yisrael is represented in the Sine, and God says, Imu Anuchi. If you're in the Sine, so Imu Anuchi Besara, so therefore I will uh, empathize with you, and I will be <coughs> in the Sine as well. So that's the, the first uh, shot in Nashi. But Nashi doesn't answer the second question. Nashi doesn't tell us why the uh, tree or the, the thorns are burning and not being Consumed. At least he doesn't tell it to us over here. So that we're going to have to go to another dashi later on. And then we're going to actually see a very interesting mahalach uh, in uh, Shittat Rashi, which again, if you don't study it with a book in front of you and learn like we're doing a homashi ud, you might miss this. This is a nuance in the dashi, how he learns the snare. The snare represents B'nai Israel. And then what would it mean that the snare is Bo'ed? Ve'enenu ukal, totally different item. It's a big hadushim. Now go, let's go to uh, 
You gotta go a little right over here, that means further. You gotta go a little further. Go to Pasuk Yud Aleph. Or Yud. So God says to Moshe, Okay, I'm sending you to Paro. And I want you to take the people out of Mitzrayim. That's his first question. What's Moshe Rabbeinu's first question? Who am I? Who am I? I'm not worthy, I'm not Ra'ui to, to, to take the people out of Mitzrayim. Moshe Rabbeinu is the most, uh, the most anab. Second question. That's another question. Rashi says, And even if you want to say, I'm Ra'ui, I'm Hashuv, What's, what's their zechut? So it's a two-fold question. So we're going to have to look at the next pasuk and get two answers to the two questions. We have to get an answer to question number one, which is, what makes Moshe worthy? And then question number two has to answer, what makes B'nai Israel worthy? Okay, that's going to be the next pasuk. You'd bet. Vayomer, ki imach. <clears throat> so God says, I will be with you. And this is the, the sign, some sort of sign that I sent you. Hold off on whatever that means for a second. And when you take the nation out of Mitzrayim, you will come back exactly to this location, which the snare was actually Har Sinai. And therefore, Borei Olam is saying, and the people were gonna come, are going to come back to this location when they, shortly from when they depart Mitzrayim. Now, somewhere in this pasuk are the answers of the two questions that Moshe Rabbeinu asked. So, very simple. <clears throat> I'm not worthy. So what does God answer? Don't worry about it. Whether you're worthy or not, I'm going to be with you. So once already he has guarantees, so even somebody that might not be worthy automatically becomes worthy by association that Hashem is going to be with him. So that would be answer to question number one. <clears throat> and the answer to question number two is written in the Pasuk explicitly. I, B'nai Yisrael, you're right. They have no zikhut. They have no zikhut. However, sometimes Borei Olam... Uh, brings merit or reward or benefit to a person on past performance. And sometimes Borei Olam will uh, give a person a credit for future performance. So something not that he did, but for something that he will do. And therefore God says to Moshe, you're right. At this point, B'nai Sales bank account is on zero. I mean, they're, they're on fumes. They have nothing in their account. However, I see the future that they're going to come back to the mountain and they're going to accept the Torah. And the fact that they're going to accept the Torah, that already is a, <clears throat> a, a future performance that we will base our present uh, judgment. Present judgment based on future performance. <clears throat> and that's what Borei Olam says. So therefore, they're the answers to your two questions. Question number one. I'm not worthy. Question number two, 
בהוציא את העם במצרים, תעבדו עליהם על ההר הזה. Only problem we have is, what is this middle part of the pasuk? וזה לך האות, כי אנוכי שלחתיך. What's that, what was that answering? And this is, this is the sign that I've sent you. Now is that answering, is that, is that part of the first answer or is that part of the second answer? What, what does that line have to do? And this is the sign that I've sent you. So that she comes along and says, big chantush here, וזה לך האות כי אנוכי שלחתיך, וזה המראה אשר ראית בסנה. Oh, which means, וזה, וזה, you point to something, וזה. מה זה הזה? הסנה הזה. That's בוער באש, that's the sign that what? That I am going to be with you. הבנתם? Which means, how are you going to know? I got to give you a sign. I'm, I'm telling you I'm going to be with you. You want a sign for that? Look, open your eyes. You see the snare. The snare is the sign. This revelation should serve to you as a sign that I'm going to be with you. So that she's learning that the pasuk, which incidentally the ta'amim also work very good because the atnach is after shalachticha. implying that that's all part of the same, the same comment. V'yomer ki ya'imak b'zelecha od k'aruchi shlachticha, comma, or period, atnach. And number two, b'yotzi ha'adakam ha'zeh. So let's review what's being said here. Bari Ha'olam says, ki ya'imak, ah, you want a sign? It makes sense what she's saying because if Moshe Rabbeinu, he didn't ask for a sign, but Bari Ha'olam is going to give him a sign, which always makes things more you know, more firm. Now, it can't be the sign that in a year from now, you're going to come back to Har Sinai. That, that's not a sign for now. That, that's, that, I don't know anything. It doesn't prove anything. Who, who says that's going to happen? So therefore, the sign has to be in real time. So what's going to be the sign? Not a future event. Understand that time? A future event cannot be a sign. If Moshe Rabbeinu, if God's looking to give Moshe Rabbeinu a sign, not going to tell him, well, in a year from now, you're going to see. What does that do for me? I, I, I got to wait a year to, to get the sign. Ella, the sign is in real time. And what is the sign? The burning bush, which is big hadush now. And what's the hadush of the burning bush? Wait, 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 wait. He says the burning bush? Huh? He says the word burning bush. Yes, yes. Vezeh. Look at the sheep, Vezeh. See, honey, it's in between the two that she's there. What does he say? No, 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 go before that one, honey, before that, honey. Go, 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 ki ye imach. Read out loud. Yeah, you're on the wrong one. Okay, no problem. Also here, it's also hard to find. It's like sandwiched in. So again, let's read again. Ki ye imach, maze bezeh, hamar e asher ra'ita besne lechaot ki anuchi shlachticha, v'tatsliach b'shlichuti. וכדאי אני להציל, כאשר ראית הסנה עושה שליחותי, just like you see the snare, that's following orders, ואיננו אוכל, כך תלך בשליחותי ואינך ניזוק. Unbelievable, which means, משה רבנו, you're walking into the fire. I mean, I'm not giving you some easy job. 
That's what Moshe Rabbeinu was is, 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 is hesitant. You're going to go to Paro. This guy Paro is a tough guy. He's got magic. He's got voodoo. He's got witchcraft. And he knows every trick in the book over there. And they got lions outside the, uh, the, 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 the palace over there that are not in cages. And you're going to have to walk in there. And you're going to have to threaten the most powerful guy in the world. And then you have to walk out and hope you don't get assassinated. And therefore, you're going into the fire. So what does God tell Moshe? That you see, this would be the proof, that you can have a dangerous fire, and it's not getting consumed. That's going to happen to you, Moshe. You will be put into the fire, and you will not be consumed. If you, if you want a sign, what's the sign? You tell me to go into a place, how do I know I'm not going to get burnt? <laughs> look, look in front of you. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest sign. I can tell you, you're not going to get burnt. I, I can do this. I do it. Now, what did we just do over here, Rabotai? We did nothing but learn the parasha with Purushashi. How stunning is this? <laughs> because we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't. Again, because most of the parasha Chiurim we go to, there's no homash in front of the guy. And he's just, you know, Talking casually, what he thinks, what he remembers of first grade, and uh, without diukim, without understanding the words. And therefore, the only way to learn homash is with the words. The Torah is, the main ingredient of the Torah is words. So if you're going to learn it without the words in front of you, it's a, don't get me wrong, nice story, but it's not the story of the Torah. Uh, it's the, like somebody once said it, it's the closest thing to, to Judaism, but it's not Judaism. So therefore... So now we have an unbelievable, if I would ask you a question on the test now, that I'm talking like now in the Magan David, if I ask you a question on the test, what does the snare represent according to Rashi? And what does the fact that it's burning and not consumed represent according to Rashi? Two different things. The snare itself represents B'nai Yisrael, that they're in a low place, one item. But the fact that it's being consumed and not burned, that represents what's going to happen to Moshe. That he's going to go into a burning fire with his danger, and he's not going to be consumed. And that's the sign that God gives Moshe, that that's what's going to happen. So it's, it's two different things. And that's how we learn. Pasuk Vayomer. I'm going to be with you in this dangerous situation. And you don't have to worry about getting consumed. And if you want a proof for that, here it is. Open your eyes. You see right in front of you that not every time there's a fire does it necessarily mean that there has to be consumption. At the end, at the end he told me, <coughs> you're right, I'm not coming back. You'll fall for me. <laughs> now, that, that's Shitat that's that's Rashi. We have another shita in the Midrash, the, the uh, Mechilta, that says that the burning bush uh, represents Mitzrayim. Because Mitzrayim is a difficult place to live. And B'nai Israel are going to be living in this very thorny, uncomfortable, uh, inhospitable place. So therefore the snare with the thorns in it is a representation of Mitzrayim. That's the Mechilta. But the Mechilta doesn't explain what is then the symbolism in the fact that it's burning and it's not going to 
be consumed. Uh, so if you look at Rabbeinu Bahya here, he says something, something amazing. He comes along and he says something amazing. If you go back to Rabbeinu Bahya, where he says, <coughs> in the beginning of the Perashah, He says like this. Vines nebo erba esh. Steve the Benu Bahia is going to be on that Tibura Matheir. Vine has nebo erba esh. So look at where he says over here. Vine hamar ehazot. See it? Uh, it's it's in uh, pasuk. Yes, honey, it's in pasuk. Vehine hasenebo erba esh. Yes, pasuk bet. So there's an in Rabenu Bachya. He writes, Vehine hamar ehazot hu remez le Moshe lemasha atida kadosh baruchu liten Torah baesh al yado bamakomaze. It's interesting. According to this, it's a different item. The fact that there's a fire in the snare represents that in the future, B'nai Yisrael are going to come to this place and there's going to be, uh, there's going to be a fire. And they're going to hear this Aseret uh, Deberot, um, uh, or the first two, so according to the fire it represents a future event. And the future, and what's the Hadush over here? ukal, that's not going to get consumed. That even though B'nai Yisrael are going to hear the voice of God, it's not going to destroy them. They're going to survive the event. I mean, barely. <laughs> they needed to be revived, but they survived the event. Right, exactly. It was, it was almost unbearable. So you understand that the Benu Bahia is learning. He's saying that the snare in Enukal represents the event that's going to happen in the future at that location. That there's going to be a, an Eshdat, which is a fiery law, which is the Torah, and it's not going to consume the people. The people are going to survive it, which is a, which is a, it's a, it's a miracle that we're able to get the... Uh, the intensity of Hashem's word, which never happened again, where an entire nation heard God, you know, speak face to face, and they're going to survive it. That's one way of interpreting. And the, the last... What's the matter? He said they died, they came back to life. Well, that's because they will not be consumed. I'll, 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 I'll make sure that they continue to exist after. Exactly. They walk out. Exactly, they walk out alive. And the last shot that I saw... Before we go further, which is a beautiful interpretation, is it's a symbolism to Paro. What's the symbolism to Paro? Symbolism to Paro is that if you think of what happened over here, 
Moshe Rabbeinu is bringing a makkah and a makkah and a makkah and paro, he, st- he keeps on coming back. He keeps on coming back and says, uh, I'm not letting them go. And then no matter how much uh, pressure Moshe Rabbeinu brings on paro, he doesn't break that easy. And therefore, according to these Rishonim, the symbolism of the Sene is actually paro, that he's going to get burnt, but you can't consume him. Which means he's going to keep on, he's not coming back. You, you think Paro would be KO'd after Dam, but he's not. And Sephardaya comes and he's still there. Nine plagues, and, and that's going to be the Mahalach. That God's hinting to Moshe that this guy over here is like a phoenix. You, 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 can't, you can't get rid of him. He's just, he keeps on, he's a bad dream. He just keeps, exactly. He's going to keep on coming back. So that you can't consume him. You're going to put the fire on the guy, we're going to heat it up, and we're going to burn him to... And in that, that's that's the guy that you're going after. And which of these interpretations are as the real interpretation? They're all emet. I mean, that's that's the beauty of this. Elu ve'elu devrei Elohim chayim. They all they all emet and they all they all proper. So that's yeah. No, so, so and Moshe Rabbeinu has to figure out all these. Uh, you know, he doesn't have Rashi and the Bachia in front of him and all the you know the, all the books. So he's got to figure this out intuitively, exactly with the message. That's why probably he was there for seven days. So there's a lot of lot, 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 lot of on the snare until to, to absorb all of them. You know, you got to this way and that way. Fine. Wow. Now, if we're talking about fires, so there's another place where we see fire, and the Benu Bachya segues into that for us, and that is. At Har Sinai. So let's go to Har Sinai for a minute. I think it's a Perik Yud Zayin. It's a Parashat uh, Yitro. And in Parashat Yitro, when it talks about, or maybe I guess it should hit, the preparation to Har Sinai. Maybe you did, okay, there you go. So what does the Torah say when Hashem gave us a Torah? The Pasuk says that they come to Har Sinai, but Elam warns them, be prepared, be your Mashalishi, be your taboket. No, yeah, you have well you have smoke, that's for sure. But you'll say Misham, Behar Sinai Ashan Kulo. So the smoke. Coming out of Har Sinai, that's for sure. And the Pasuk says, Ashanok It was like a smoke coming out of a from an oven, from a furnace. And the Pasuk comes along and says that um Lechred, go down to the people, Vayered Moshe, Vaidaber Elohim. No, no. No, no, that's fine. But the Pasuk also says, no, no, if you look at the end of the, maybe the, the Berot, go further. And that's Ashan, very good. I'm going to show you the Pasuk I'm looking for, no problem. The Pasuk says, the Pasuk comes along and says, that when Borei Olam came, you know, I'll find the pasuk here. I had it before. When Borei Olam came, 
going to pause for a second. So if you look at Har Sinai, I should have taken these Pesukim earlier. Asuk says that by Har Sinai it's called Esh Ochela. That's the Pasuk. Find that Pasuk verse. Esh Ochela. Not find the Pasuk where it says Esh Ochela. By Har Sinai, it's the opposite of the snare. By the snare, it says Enen Ukal. But by Har Sinai, when God's giving us the Torah, the pasuk comes along and says that it was a fire that actually was consuming. Right, and not only that, and there's ashad. Now when there's smoke, that means something is being consumed. You have that pasuk? I'd like to see it inside where it says, Just I don't want to make up, uh, make up a dushim over here, but it's definitely there. Yeah, that's what I'm looking. I think I think I thought it was in right right by the by the right before the Aser the Deberot. Look at the Pesukim. Okay, Deberot. What does it say? Okay, but by Har Sinai, by Har Sinai. Right, so so there, by Har Sinai, we have a shown that it was considered Esh Ochela, that it was a, a a fire that that consumed. So there's a there's a difference over here, and then there's a there's a third Esh. Where's the third Esh? The third Esh we find by the Mizbeach. By the Mizbeach, the Gemara Yoma says. There was a special fire in the times of the first Beit HaMikdash. They used to come down and consume the Korbanot. However, it says that there was a miracle that there was no smoke. It was not Ma'aleh Ashan. So now we have three distinct fires. We have the fire of the snare, which is, it's a fire, but it's Enenukam. And then we have a fire of Harsinai, that it's a fire and it is ish ochela and it's with ashan. And then you have something in between. We have a fire that consumes, but there's no ashan. So what is the symbolism in these three different types of fires and the way they, the way they react, the way they, the way they perform? So uh, by the Mizbeah, the Gemaran Yoma says, a fire would come down from Shamaim on the Mizbeah to consume the Qurban. But one of the miracles was there was no smoke. <coughs> it wasn't Ma'ali Asham. So therefore you see exactly Mamash Katze. You have a snare type of fire, you have a Sinai type of fire, and then you have a Mizbeah type of fire. So I saw from the, uh, the, the Ben Melech of uh, Minsburg that he says something beautiful. He writes that when it comes to uh, the Jewish people going out of Mitzrayim, we had really no merit, as we said. We were going out on total chesed. So when it comes to total chesed, that's represented 
in a fire that doesn't consume, even though the fire should consume, fire represents Midatadin. And the Midatadin should consume B'nai Israel. But at this point, there was such a Midat Chesed, and we all know that the first night of Pesach, it's the, 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 the highest level, Gadlut Rishon, Besheni, where the order was so strong that even though the kidney put wanted to get us to that first because we weren't worthy, but Bore Olam said, I'm, I'm the only one that can take them because if God doesn't take us out, the kidney put will get us. So I even know Malach, there was a great revelation, all the Mekatim got scared and they had to, to run away. That represents the snare. It's a ish, there's a midatadin here, but in Ochila, it's unable to consume. Now, let's go to Batan Torah. Matan Torah, once we start getting the law, now the law is the law. And the law is from the king. And when it comes to the law now, now there's no fooling around. This is going to be a fire, which we call it a fiery law, Ejdat, and it's, that's okay. That means there's Midat Adin when it comes to Torah now, that if you don't follow the law, I mean, there's repercussions. Days of Hesed of getting something for nothing are over. Once we get the Torah now, as a matter of fact, if you look at the Lashon of the Gemara, it says, Anochi velo yihiyeh mepi ha-gibura she-ma'num. Mepi ha-gibura. The Lashon that the Torah refers to when we get the Torah at Har-Sinai is mepi ha-gibura. Because it's gibura. Now there's repercussions. And we know, look at the Torah's punishments. You don't do this, it's karet. You don't do this, sekila. You know, this is not an ish that doesn't consume. This is an ish that not only consumes, but there's, there's smoke. That means it's, it's serious stuff. Understand what we went? We went from an ish that's not ochila to an ish that is ochila. Okay, but uh, the, the, so the, these, these, these are the, we call them the, the extremes. Chesed and Geburah. But there has to be a, a middle road to save us. And what saves us from the Geburot of the Torah? The Korbanot. That's the korban, which means basically when a guy's in trouble, is he has a, 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 a sekila on his head, a bishogeg, let's say, or a karet, you know, that he wants to mechaper for, or he wants to atone for, uh, you know, other, other types of uh, sins that they need. So there is a middle ground, which in the Kabbalah will call that tiferet. And tiferet will say that it's a fire that consumes. It's a fire that consumes, but there's no smoke. So therefore, that represents that uh, it's, 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 it's not consuming completely. The fact that there's no smoke represents as if to say that it's not going to burn the person. And the person can, can walk away. The meat will get, will get burned, but the person's not going to get smoked. He'll, be, he'll walk away. So that's, that's already... Mitzrayim represents chesed for nothing. And Matantura represents esh ochila totally, giburah. And then the korbanot is the, the middle ground where Borei Olam says, okay, even though you're going to transgress the midata giburah of, of Matan Torah, there is a way on, the, and it's all represented by the way the fires uh, uh, perform. The fire of the korban is esh ochila, but it's, it's not ma'ali ashan, which represents, it's not a destructive in the total form. Actually, it says, lereyach nihoah. It ends up becoming a, a, a smokeless fire, but it has a reyach nihoah she na'asar et suni. Okay, so that's, that's the, uh, the Ben Melech. Beautiful, beautiful explanation to the three. Uh, and I'll get back to you with the pasuk. It, it, it's a pasuk. I just uh, don't have it in front of me. Okay, now. 
Now, once we have this solved, now we can say uh, the piece of Musar that we came to talk about. So the way the, the story of the burning bush begins is with Moshe Rabbeinu saying, Asudana. Asudana ve'ed'eh. And the way uh, Rashi commented on the words Asudana is he said... Right, exactly. His lashon was... Asuda na, asuda mikan, litkarev sham. So we're learning in, the, in one of the seminaries, we're learning Mishilat Yesherim with the girls. For the, whatever, how many times. But Baruch Hashem, you have to learn. The, the author says in Hagdama, you got to learn this book over and over until it becomes second nature to you. Not saying any Hedushim. Yeah, no, no Hedushim. That's what the, the Baal, he was a very humble man, by Moshe Haim Lutzato. But the, he says that the, 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 the way the book it's got to grow on you. And the only way it's going to grow on you is not by reading it once. It's not, you know, something, I read it already. It sounds like a cut from Shakespeare where you read it already and even the first time was too much. This is a book you have to just reread and reread over again until it becomes part of your nature. They, like your phone number. When they wake up in the middle of the night and you know your phone number without even having to think. <clears throat> so he says something amazing. It's in chapter five, I think. He's talking about zehirut, awareness. And awareness means that a person has to take stock of himself. And uh, from time to time, Hasidim call it bodedut, or just you know, be alone with yourself and take inventory. Where am I holding? What, what am I doing? Where, where am I going in life? What's my, uh, you know, what's my stock? Cheshbon uh, nefesh. That's the hirut, awareness. And the Mishra Yishinim tells us that there's certain things that promote awareness and certain things that are deterrents to awareness. And that's the way the whole book works. He explains the Midah, let's say Midah to Zehirut, then he says, Kenyana uh, Zehirut, how to acquire it, and he says, Mafsideh Zehirut, how to, things that will deter you from it. So one of the ways he says that it's, uh, it's beneficial, that will help you acquire Zehirut is, learn, just learn Torah. Torah Ali de Zehirut. If somebody says, my Berkat is, uh, it's not where it should be. Okay, go learn Hilchot Berkat Go read books about Vikata Mazon, and that will all of a sudden uh, arouse you and wake you up and start to see, wow, I didn't realize how important it was. And uh, all the Berachot uh, come from the Vikata Mazon, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, somebody says, wow, how did you go from zero to 100 in your Vikata Mazon? I learned Telchot Vikata Mazon. That's one of the ways to promote Zehirut. And the same thing, you know, if someone's not careful on the Shonara, go to the store, buy a Hafez Chaim's book, start reading about it, and all of a sudden, the reading will bring you to be, it takes it from the back of your head and puts it to the front of your head, and now it's something that you are, uh, uh, you're concerned about. And when he comes to talk about Mafsideh <coughs> Zehidut, he says something that's so, so, so important, it's built from this week's Perasha. He says that the Yitzhara keeps a person busy. And therefore, the fact that you're just busy uh, in your schedule, in your routine, in what you're doing, so you don't have time in order to uh, stop and put a pause and make hajbon. Uh, the Yetzirah will just keep you 
from one errand to the next errand, from one item to the next, where you don't have time to breathe for a second, to stop. And Now, I added that he doesn't necessarily mean that he'll keep you busy with important things. Because today that you have a phone in your hand, so the, the, the first moment that a person has nothing to do, so that's it, you have a phone. So most of the people that you see just going like this are doing nothing. They're not doing something, you know, saving the world or, you know, trading a stock at that moment to make money or helping something. They're just uh, pushing a bar and see what comes up, see what doesn't come up, uh, just to keep busy. Now, that's, that's the tactic of the Yetzirah, anything but to make hajbon. Because Mishnah Shalim knows if a person would have some free time in order to make the proper calculations on himself, immediately he would start to ponder his situation and he would make the shuvah on the spot. And therefore, Yitzhah knows it. So the enemy of the Yitzhah is free time. And therefore, he doesn't want to keep a person free to think about himself and to ponder. So he just keeps him running like a chicken without a head. I saw many years ago, <coughs> they had this like sped up video of a Chinese people from when they're like 15 years old until they're 90. And you see that they play the video fast. So you see the 15-year-old running to the train station, getting on the train, going to work, c- coming back to the train station, coming home eating, and they just show him getting older and older. And older. For 70 years, doing the same thing. He's on a treadmill, this guy. He's like, in a, we call that a vicious cycle, and he can't escape. And therefore, okay, so you left the guy at Tipesh, but where did Tipesh also? Because the cycle of life doesn't let you just say, stop for a minute. I got to stop what I'm doing and I got to step away and now think about myself. And the Yitzhak will not let you do it. We uh, <clears throat> did an experiment a few years ago in the synagogue to prove that it's possible. Because people say, I can't, it's impossible. And that was the Gozle Azman moments that we had. Gozle Azman was an experiment to see if people could stop at 3.30 in the middle of the day and just come to shul and learn. The experiment was a, was a risky experiment because to come and say to come before, before work, okay, 6 o'clock in the morning, what are you doing anyway? To come at 9 o'clock at night, what are you doing anyway? But to come, and most of the people said, it's impossible. It's 3.30, okay, fine. But the answer that tells you it's impossible because I'm doing it for 50 years that way. Who leaves at 3.30? The business is going to fall apart. The, the, the world is, the sun will not rise tomorrow morning if that happens. That's what he makes you think. And all of a sudden, some members jumped in and guess what? They came at 3.30, and they sat down and learned, and nothing happened. <laughs> the next day, the business was still there. They figured out how to do some business a little earlier, do a little later. They fixed out their schedule. But that's the Yitzhak. He makes you think, it, you, you can't leave. You can't move. You, you need it. And, and, and it's, it's a hoax, because she actually can't. And COVID actually taught us that. Because one lesson that we got from the, the lockdown was, you don't have to be there always, and you can do things in a different way, and there's a lot of time you have that really is... Not, you, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we realized that all those years that we were traveling to China for 47 hours, uh, you could do it out. And all these geniuses that were saying, oh, you got to go, you got to go, and I said, oh, you don't need to do it, you can do it on a Zoom, it's, it's really the same thing, maybe a little better to go, but uh, it's okay, but probably better not to go. What is it? You wasted 40 years of your life doing that, and now all of a sudden you woke up one day and said... It's really not necessary. <laughs> but at the time, if you told somebody cancel a trip to China, impossible, I can't do nothing. I can't, can't, I've got to go six times a year. Just saying. So it reminded us that you're in the Yetzirah's um, uh, uh, magnetic field and he won't let you out. 
Now we're lucky. We're lucky in the sense that once a week, exactly, we're forced. We're forced to, to get out, which is a, that's that's the Berakah of Shabbat. And I explained that they say Shabbat is me'en olam abba. What's the pshat? So everybody explains, hey, you have to explain what an olam abba is. We sit down with a hamin and a pizmon book and a, and a scotch. You tell me that's not olam abba? That, that, that's me'en olam abba. The rabbi's class, that's me'en olam abba. But it's different. The Baal Shem Tov says that you are where your thoughts are. He understood what the human brain is. That means when you see a person sitting in front of you, it does not necessarily mean that he's present. I mean, it depends where he's thinking. So if a guy's sitting in the class and he's thinking about uh, uh, Miami, so you're in Miami now. But he really is here. Baal Shem Tov said the brain is a, a very, very, very uh, strong instrument and it puts the person where his thoughts are. So when you're in the Amidah, they tell you, think of Yerushalayim. Why? Because then you're in Yerushalayim. It's not just face Jerusalem. They want you to uh, uh, transpose yourself to that place by... by exactly. Exactly. What, what do I care? Why do I have to think about it? Because by thinking of it, that's who exactly... And if you can even get yourself to the Kodesh Kodeshim in these, in these systems over here. So the Tzaddikim were able to travel the whole world and back, just sitting in the, the same position... Uh, the rabbis that went to Pardes, uh, it was, the Kodesh Tosafot, it was a, it was a mental item, and they were able to, the body was there, and then just, all of a sudden, they were able to move to different places from their brain. Now, obviously, the more adept we are at this, at this way to use the brain, the more, that's why Basali could see something that was going on in London. His brain is there, and he's there, he can see it. Now, we don't have the ability to that extent, but that's for sure, and if, if and that's why the Rav Nachman Mabrestov said, you're not supposed to focus too much on your averot. Because if you focus too much on your averot, that's where you are. You're in the garbage dump. Your head's in the garbage dump. So you make averot, put your head in a, in a good place. You can't just be in the, in the sins. It, it, it put, you're in a bad place. And that's what they mean when they say, the psychologists talk about you're in a bad place. When you, I'm here, I'm in the shul. Your mind is in a bad place. And if your mind's in a bad place, Baal Shem Tov said it before the psychologist, you're in a bad place. So therefore... During the week, where is our mind? Olam Azeh. Because we have no time to think about Olam Abba. So all, all week long, Olam Azeh. We're working, and we're money, got to go pick up the errands, get the cleaners, go here, go there, pick up the food, pick up the kids. We're running around like a chicken without a head. Shabbat comes, and all of a sudden, stop everything. Now, all of a sudden, we can start contemplating Olam Abba. So therefore, where are we on Shabbat? On Shabbat, you're in Olam Abba. That's what he's ma'en olam because your thoughts already are now in there. You, you, you could finally leave olam there for a minute and stop pondering, and you see you're in olam abba. The prayers are longer. These are olam abba stuff. <coughs> the, uh, uh, the learning is longer. Uh, you, you, you're thinking more about Hashem. You sit down to a meal with a kiddush, with the whole uh, uh, shalom aleichem. There's a prerequisite. There's a post game. It's a different way of eating on Shabbat. Not the way we eat during the week and uh, take a, a, a shawarma on the street and eating it at, at a stop sign. But we are on Shabbat. You're eating it uh, with, the, with the proper, uh, uh, you know, spiritual uh, uh, prerequisites. That's what he's ma'en olam It's ma'en olam because. That's where your head is. Now, we're lucky that we have Shabbat. But guess what? The Gemara says, Zohar HaKadosh says, Tamid HaKam Ikri Shabbat. Tamid HaKam is called Shabbat. Why? Because he's always there. 
Tamina can make this Shabbat because on Tuesday he's already he's in the He's in the Kolei learning. I'm Shabbat every single day. Tamina make this Shabbat because his mind is always holding by those by those lofty lofty ideas. Balabai, yeah, one day a week. Okay, one day a week. Tamina can make this Shabbat. Now you understand what it means, Ikhlis Shabbat, because his, his mind is on that Olam Abba items. But again, Yetz and Ara, Yetz, Now you understand the mind. But, n- n- now, but now we understand what the Yetz and goal is, to keep the guy, and, and the guy will swear to you, Rabbi, I wish, and, we, and if you remember the way we used to announce the, uh, the, 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 the Azman, only if you can't make it, and only if you're busy, and you can't escape, that's the guy we're looking for. The guy that says, well, I'm taking off Tuesday anyway. I don't want you, I don't need you. <laughs> Take it off anyway, that doesn't prove me anything. We want to, the experiment is to show that I can't do it, I have six appointments, I'm in there, I gotta go. Okay, you're that guy, good, we're looking for you. Now, now show me that you can break away. And they broke away, and they broke away. Uh, so the schedule changed, we learn every day after Manha, we not call as as every day. But the point is, the point is, we have now, uh, 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 an example that we showed you could do it. You could do it. Now let's go to the example in the perasha that Misila Yeshirim brings from this week's perasha. At the end of the perasha, so Moshe Rabbeinu enters and he comes to Paro. And what does he tell Paro? He says, listen, we want a three-day uh, three weekend, holiday weekend as they call it, long weekend. And we want to go to the, uh, to the Midbar, and we want to bring some sacrifices. If you look at the pasuk over here, the pasuk is in Perek here. Right? We don't want to leave permanently. We want to make a religious holiday. What is this? Hashem? I never heard this religious holiday. Oh, Eloheinu. Now, logic, if Paro, which he's going to reject this, uh, this uh, uh, um, request. Now, it's very simple for Paro to say, you're not going anywhere. No. But he didn't say that. Now, the Zohar Kadosh says, Paro is the embodiment of the Yetzirah. So when you see Paro the way he reacts, that's how you know the Yetzirah reacts. His reactions are similar to the Yetzirah. So if you want to know the Yetzirah's tactics, you have, a, you have a good personality in the Torah called Paro to learn from. What are you interrupting the people? They're busy. You're going to stop them from their work? Basically he's saying, they have a lot of work to do. You can't give them a three-day vacation now. Go home. Now look at the Pasuk Zion. New decree. No more providing them raw materials. <coughs> to make the rich kitmol chilchom. Like yesterday in the day. What happened? What happened? Why all of a sudden does Paro make this new shift in the policy of how B'nai Israel? Are going to work. He makes it makes it harder for them. And by the way, and the quota of bricks will stay the same. And now Paro explains himself in Pasuk Ki nirpim him. 
because they have too much time on their hands. So the answer says, what happens when a person has a minute for himself? Let's bring a korban. And the answer knows that. So he'll never give you a minute. So Paro says, if they're thinking about bringing korbanot, that means there's a minute they have to ponder about bringing korban. I got to take that minute away from them. And therefore, more work. And that we call now, which we call now a time workaholic. Viyasuba. That's the Yetzirara. If he finds already that we'll have a moment, he knows it automatically. If you're thinking properly, it's going to lead to Hashem. So therefore, a guy will be in the car alone. So what is he going to do? Turn on the radio. Turn on, turn on the tape recorder. You're busy. I'm listening. Every moment that you have, he'll never allow you to be with yourself. Today you see people walking, which is the best type of what they do. They got the iPad on, the ear pods Somebody's in their ear screaming at them, and therefore it diverts them from what they're doing. So they're busy listening. They're busy on the phone. They're busy, not, 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 not busy you know, saving, uh, saving the planet. But they're, they're preoccupied. That's the answer. And that's Paro. Paro says, where did this Kakamani idea come from? All of a sudden they're coming on to say three-day seminar, korbanot. Huh? Because from 4 o'clock in the morning to 5 o'clock in the morning, they have that hour to ponder. Guess what? I'm taking that hour back. And that's why when Moshe Rabbeinu introduces the redemption, how is the redemption introduced? First pasuk of the redemption. Ha-chodesh hazeh Which means, Borei Olam says, what did Paro take from us? Our time. And therefore, Borei Olam says to tell the people we're returning the chodesh. The chodesh now belongs to them. Chodesh is the time. Ha-chodesh hazeh The time belongs to them. Now, time is an empty bottle. You got to fill it with something. But it says, okay, don't worry. Instructions to come, details to follow. So I'm going to fill that bottle with 613 mitzvot and the Mishnah Berurah and the Kafah Haim and Harambam and all, all the books in the library. Not about, but, but at least now you're not bound to Paro. You're not, and that's why the whole, the whole celebration of Pesach and the foods that we eat symbolize time. Matzah, it's all about the time. Uh, 18 minutes, and then they got to eat it fast, and, then, and Hamas represents uh, the too much time, and all the, the foods, the main foods are symbolizing around time, because that's what they took away from us in Mitzrayim, we didn't have the ability to think. Now let's go back to a perfect example, if, if Paroz the Yetzir Hara, who do you think is the embodiment of the Yetzir Tov? It's got to be Moshe, those are the two, the, two, uh, the two opposites. So what does the Pasu come along and say? The pasuk comes along and says, what was the greatness of Moshe? The greatness of Moshe was Asurana. Now, what would stop a person? Just think logically for a minute. What would stop a person? It's an amazing, miraculous situation taking place down the block. Amazing. Crazy stuff. What stops a person from going down the block to see it? And what stops a person is the place that he's in. I'm busy. I'm scheduled. I can't, I can't go. And because we're in that head. I can't break the schedule. I can't break the... So therefore, it, 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 we're caught into that magnetic field, that gravitational pull that keeps us locked into, oh, this is what we do. And therefore, it does not allow us even to see great things. So Moshe Rabbeinu, who is the representation of the Yetzirah Tov, the greatness is not that he went. 
Because once you get out of the gravitational pull, it's natural you're going to get to the good place. The challenge is asudana. Asuda mikan. That's the whole key over here. To break out. So, now, Shomo Shedabinu also has a schedule. He's a shepherd. He has his thing. And could be, could be doing great things. And therefore, the, the, the key of life is asuda na. You have to be willing, like the Gozlea Azman, put your, put your life on, schedule, on pause. Asuda I'm going to walk away from this. And nothing's going to happen to see Ibn Ayazid. To see something great, instead of seeing widgets, and seeing uh, uh, boxes, and seeing, uh, you know, uh, uh, paper, and seeing whatever you see, uh, the bankers. I'm going to go see something unbelievable. I'm going to go see a Torah, and a fire, and uh, an amazing... But the whole key is, you have to be willing to leave your comfort zone, to leave your regularity, to leave your uh, 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 schedule, and to break loose. And most people, uh, they, they can't break. They're so regimented into, into doing... Uh, could, could be, could be it's important things, but there might be more important things to do. And therefore, a person has to have the strength to be like Moshe Rabbeinu, Asurana. And the opposite of Paro is, no, if, if, if Asurana, you're not working hard enough. That means you, you have too much uh, t- uh, time to get out. Those are the two, there's nothing wrong with going to work. Torah against workaholic. The workaholic is what's, what's the problem. The guy has to go work nine to five, but then when it becomes an obsession, and you can't escape, and the guy goes to sleep with a phone next to his head, and two o'clock in the morning, so now you're obsessed. And therefore, the Yetzirah will never let this guy get out to see that there's other things in life. <coughs> I can't go to shul in the morning. Well, I got to be at the work, and I can't go late at night because I have a meeting, and I can't go do that. So you can't do nothing. So therefore, basically, you become in- enslaved and entrapped to Olam Azir, and the time which actually is supposed to be uh, 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 our... <clears throat> time is supposed to be not our oppressor. The time is supposed to be our, uh, uh, give us our freedom and independence. But to most people, the time is an oppressor. It's an, it, we're, we're slaves to the time. I can't, I'm busy, I have to go. The clock now becomes his taskmaster. And if we have to break away, I break, break, break away from that. And I once saw an interesting uh, uh, explanation of a minhag now, that... Uh, there's an old custom that when a hatan gets married, they buy him a watch. Because, why are they buying a watch? Why is that the custom to get him a watch? A gold watch or something watch? Because before he's married, he has all the time in the world. He's free. He can learn what he wants. There's no pre- Now, we know once you get married, you have all a panasa. So they're giving you a watch to say, don't forget the time. Don't forget the time over here. Don't, 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 don't let this uh, 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 control you. They're giving him... Now, now, now already you have a big nisayon. So give him a watch to remember that time is of the essence. And that's the tremendous musad of Moshe. And, that, and that's what, that, no, that, 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 explains, that explains why the Torah focuses more that Moshe Rebbeinu left where he was than where he went. That asuda na is the key. Asuda mikan. Once you do that, lehit karev lesham. Look at that shon. Lehit karev. That's not a verb. It sounds like it happens naturally. It's something that happens because once already you're free to see things objectively and you're not stuck. Exactly. And, that, and that's what Mr. Sharim says. That if, if a person would have one minute to himself, even a small amount, so the Yetzirah has to figure out a way to stop. And look, look, how, look how amazing the Yetzirah is. How clever he is. 
In the olden days, you didn't need a cell phone because life was busy on its own. I mean, just to do, we're talking about today in the Darim, to take a bath. You know what it was, take a bath? It was a whole day thing to take a bath. That's why they take baths every day. Not because they wanted to smell. They, <coughs> okay, get the water from the well and then get the wood and heat it up and uh, go out there and it's a whole, whole day item. And that's just a bath. And now I'll go make dinner and go. Everything was a, was a, was a tracha. And even the simplest things that we take, laundry, there was laundry day. Laundry day, all day was laundry. That's it. You got to go to the lake and you got to go back to the thing and dry it and hang it. Even my grandmother was hanging the laundry on the line. It was all, all to do. Today, uh, you push a button. Okay, now, now I got 11 hours. I just, I just saved 11 hours. I pushed the button. Now what? And they complain about that. Uh, I got to get a mate to push the button for me. I can't push the button. I got to go get out to the basement. I got to do the laundry. One second. Boom. She comes upstairs. Oh, we got to go away. I just had to do the laundry. You push the button. You push the button. So what, that, now the inside had a problem. Because now we have a lot of time. Because all these inventions have given us back our time. So what did he do? He figured out a way to give us this gadget over here to fill in all these moments, to do nothing. And then you start to see how much screen time a guy does during the week. 100 hours, 50 hours of nonsense. I have nothing to show for it. What, what were you doing? And yes, that says, no, I didn't say you're doing something consequential. You're doing something just to keep you away from doing something more important. You're keeping busy. And that's the value of the Shabbat, and that's the value of Tamir Hakam Shabbat. Wow. And that's the juxtaposition between these two parashiyot. Moshe Rabbeinu is Asurana. He pulled away from the magnetic field. And once you pull away from the magnetic field, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see God, the snare. And the Jewish people started to talk like that. Hey, let's go, let's go to God. And Paroza, oh, they're trying to get out of it. They're trying to Asurana. They're trying to pull a Moshe on us over here. Gave him more work. And give him more, give more power. Now we have to learn from these two lessons exactly what's not recommended and from Moshe Rabbeinu what is recommended. 100%. You just got to get out. Amen.